Good evening, my Newark family, and welcome back to our evening devotions while we are in this shelter-at-home state of emergency. I'm glad to be bringing the Sunday devotion, and as we start a new week, I also have the opportunity to kind of set the tone and the topic for the devotions this week. Why don't we go ahead and open with a word of prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness and your continued protection and your provision for us. Father, during this time, we need to be more in tune with you and reliant on what you tell us, probably more than ever before, or at least it feels that way. We should be relying on you all the time, but now we have to pay closer attention to it. I ask that you would continue to be the God of peace and comfort, the God of provision and protection for our church, that you would strengthen and encourage us during this time, and that we would be able to work together. In Jesus' name, amen. So tonight, I want to take our key passage for this week, and I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation in Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. And it says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all that you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, and then the God of peace will be with you. And so this week, our devotions are going to center around the idea out of Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, that we fix our thoughts. And the reason I chose this topic for this week is because now is the time more than ever, at least in North America, that we have to be practicing some mental discipline. And now more than ever, we need to be actively working to fix our thoughts. There is lots of fear going on right now. There's a lot of negativity. There are many, many things surrounding us, and especially if you're paying attention to the media and everything else that's going on, and they're very real things. I'm not taking away from that. But if we're not careful, we can end up letting our minds wander towards fear and worry, and we can let these things keep us slave and keep us captive. And that is not what God has intended for us. That's not the way that we need to live as Christians. We need to continue to be a light and a hope in our communities and with our neighbors and with our family and friends. And so I challenge my church family and anyone else watching this tonight that we need to be prepared in the coming weeks to take a more active approach to fixing our thoughts. And as Paul advised in this passage, one thing we should focus on is what's true and what's honorable, what's right, what's lovely, what's pure. These are the kind of ideas. These are the kind of stories. These are the kind of things that we need to put our focus on. Now, it's one thing for me to say to fix your thought, and it's another thing for me to actually give some instruction. And I realize that what I've said is a little vague, and especially right now with everything that's going on. How is it that we can work to fix our thoughts? So tonight for my devotion, I wanted to try and give a few more practical tips and advice on how it is that we can fix our thoughts. The first thing that I would encourage everyone to do is that every day you need to find time to read scripture. Now, I know this sounds like a given, and it is a normal Christian discipline, but especially at this time, it's something you should be engaged in. Now, whether you read first thing in the morning, or you read at night before you go to bed, or perhaps you read in the middle of the day on a lunch break, or whatever the routine is, find a time to read scripture each day and 
Get in a habit, a discipline of reading scripture at the same time each day, if possible. For those of you who this might be a newer habit, you may be wondering, well, where can I start? I mean, me telling you to read scripture is very, very broad. So let me give you a few suggestions, things that I have found helpful. Number one, to establish a routine. And number two, especially in a time like this of lots of uncertainty. If you're in the Old Testament, I would strongly encourage you to pick the Psalms and then read one or two Psalms a day. You can start at the very beginning with Psalms 1 and 2 and read that tonight or tomorrow. And then the next day, read a couple more Psalms. And you're not going to finish that in the next month. It's going to take you several months, especially if you only read a couple at a time. And that's okay. The idea is that we're trying to develop some habits. Another place right after the Psalms that's a great place to go in the Old Testament is the book of Proverbs. There are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. And so take the chapter that corresponds to the day of the month, and that day, read that chapter. In the course of a month, you will read the book of Proverbs, and then start over and repeat it. In the course of a couple months, you'll be familiar with it. Over the course of three or four months, you will really begin to internalize the book of Proverbs, which is an excellent source of wisdom and comfort, especially during a time like this. Those are some Old Testament examples. Let's turn now to the New Testament. In the New Testament, I would encourage you to look at the prison epistles during this time. These letters, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians, were written by Paul, and to the best that we can understand them, they were written during a time when he was imprisoned for his gospel work. Hence, we call them the prison epistles. These are short letters, but they are compact and they're full of instruction, and especially books like Ephesians are full of lots of encouragement. The key passage we're taking this week comes out of Philippians. So Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians are a great place to start. If you have more time, you can easily read any of these letters, either silently or especially aloud to yourself, in about 30 to 40 minutes. If you have a little less time or you don't think you can do that all in one go, then take a chapter a day, and in a week you will read easily at least one of these epistles. And over the course of a month, you could read all four. How about another suggestion? I would strongly suggest that you look at the book of James. James has five chapters and is easy to work through. And that's another great source where you could take a chapter a day. James is often considered the Proverbs of the New Testament. You'll find lots of practical advice. You'll find lots of encouragement in the book of James. And then the third one that I would suggest to you is 1 John. I personally have read 1 John multiple times in the last week in its entirety. You can do it in probably 20 to 30 minutes at a comfortable speed, not even rushing. And you will find lots of good advice and lots of encouragement and a reminder to us, a challenge to us during this time, that it is our love that's going to demonstrate to the community around us that we are Christ's followers. We are his disciples and we have hope for this world in a time of despair. All right, so my first suggestion to you is to find a regular habit of reading scripture each day. This will help you fix your thoughts in a positive direction. The second thing I would encourage you to do is to adjust your thinking. Now, what do I mean when I say adjust your thinking? This is what I'm talking about. As you go about your business, as you interact with other people, even when you're at home alone, there are times when we can get down and we can get discouraged. We can get frustrated by what's going on. And when you catch yourself in a downward trend, especially if you feel like you're beginning to spiral downwards, you need to stop and ask yourself, what am I doing right now? What am I thinking? 
and then make a deliberate effort to change and begin to ask yourself, what could I do right now that is positive? What could I think about right now that is positive? All of us have to make course corrections throughout the day, and especially over the course of a week, if we want to fix our thoughts and think on things that are positive and lovely and pure, as Paul talked about in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And so you need to make a conscious effort. You have to discipline your mind to adjust your thinking so you can fix your thoughts towards things that are lovely. The third suggestion I would make is that you call someone, especially for those of you who are alone at this time. If you live by yourself, now is a very, very lonely time because unlike normal when we can get out and we can go about and be in the public, you're probably spending lots of time alone and that can be very, very discouraging. And so I encourage you to pick up the phone or if you have some video calling service, if it's a Facebook messenger or if it's some other social media platform that you can use to reach out to people, I'd encourage you to do that as well. Call a friend. All of us probably have people in our minds who are good friends or family members who we don't speak to that often and we're thinking, I'm going to get around to talking to them at some point. Now is the time to get around to talking to them. I had a friend reach out to me this week and unfortunately I didn't have time to talk at that moment. But we actually set up a calendar event so that way we have a scheduled time to speak next week. And I know that may sound silly, but right now, even though I'm at home, my workload is very, very busy during this time. And so I need to make a conscious effort to reach out and connect with friends. It's one of the ways that I can help fix my thoughts towards things that are positive. One, read scripture. Two, adjust your thinking. Three, reach out and call someone. Connect with a friend or a family member. All right, now for my fourth suggestion. And this one, I realize that people are going to disagree with me on, and that's fine. And I will readily state I am giving my own opinion on this one. So hear me out. The fourth thing that you can do to fix your thoughts is to stop watching the news. That's right, you heard me say that. Stop watching the news. Or if you're going to continue to watch the news or listen to it, you need to severely limit your intake. Now, I know this may sound like a radical suggestion for some of you, so let me explain my reasoning here. First off, I want you to recognize that the news media, and I'm not picking on any one network, and I don't care if you consider them conservative or you consider them liberal. For what I'm about to say, I'm putting them all in the same category. You need to recognize that news media is a business. It's a business. And their first priority is to keep you watching. And when you watch the news, they continue to make money because news media has advertising. And the advertisers pay money to the news station, to the news media outlet, in order to have their advertisements on there. So if you take a deep breath and you take a step back, you need to recognize at the end of the day, their first and foremost priority is as a business to keep people watching so they can continue to generate revenue. You need to recognize that the news is not the same thing as information. They're related, but they're distinct, and it's an important distinction. I did not say don't be informed. I said stop watching, which would be my preference, or at least limit your news intake. Often what you see in the news is a discussion about information. The actual information that's been presented could be presented very, very quickly. 
An evening broadcast on the news that is 30 minutes long maybe has five minutes worth of information. The rest of the time, it's a discussion revolving around it. And oftentimes, especially if you're watching some sort of talking head show, you're gonna get lots of dissenting or different opinions and they're gonna argue with each other and they're gonna try and stir up a conversation. That's their job. You need to understand something. The best way to keep the American public engaged in the news is to keep everyone emotional. When people are emotional, they keep watching. And the easiest way to keep people emotional is to keep them scared and to keep them angry. Now, I readily admit, this is my own opinion, but I've thought long and hard about this, and this didn't start with tonight. It didn't start with this crisis. I stopped paying attention to news media outlets years ago because I recognized what it was doing to me and how it was counterproductive to me being able to fix my thoughts. This does not mean that I stay uninformed. It just means that I'm not going to let fill-in-the-blank news media coverage, and I'm referring to all of them, whether you consider them liberal or conservative, I'm not going to let them keep me angry. I'm not going to let them keep me fearful. When people are emotional, they stay tuned. And their primary goal is to keep you watching, not to inform you. That's the secondary, possibly even the tertiary goal. So, how can you stay informed? One of the things you can do is go to direct sources. If you're concerned about this virus and its spread and you want information, go to the CDC website. Get on the internet and begin to Google direct information. Not a news article about what the CDC says, but actually get the information from the CDC. If you're concerned about the stimulus bills that they're discussing right now in our legislature department, don't go to the news media and then watch a discussion by a bunch of news anchors as they talk about what's going on on Capitol Hill. Go watch a live feed. My wife and I did this last week. On last Saturday, we were curious about and wanted to find more information about the various stimulus bills that were being discussed. And the Senate was in session on Saturday and they were live streaming their discussion. So directly from the floor, we were able to hear different senators as they got up and spoke for and against the various bills that were being discussed. This was not news coverage. This was us listening directly to them, hearing directly from the people involved what was going on. You want to know what's going on with the president and his task force? Go find the direct news feed. That's the speeches they're giving, not people discussing what's going on. All right, I've harped on this long enough. My point is you need to stop watching the news or severely limit your coverage, but that doesn't mean you have to be uninformed. Instead, go directly to sources. The next thing you can do is to develop a playlist. And fortunately for you, our church has already done that. Listen to some positive, encouraging music. The song that goes with today's broadcast, that goes with my devotional, is Hold to God's Unchanging Hand. And I pick that, and I ask Sister Regina to put that in our playlist. If you're not familiar with this song, you likely are, but if you don't know its background, it was written by a lady named Jenny Wilson, and she lived from 1856 to 1913. At the age of four, due to a sickness that settled in her spine, she ended up invalid and spent the rest of her life in a wheelchair, starting at age four. This meant that she was unable to go to school, and so she was self-taught at home, and she became a prolific poem writer and a hymnal writer. 
In fact, during Jenny Wilson's lifetime, she wrote over 2,200 different poems and hymns. Almost all of them were extremely uplifting and encouraging. And this is quite a feat for a lady who was in a wheelchair, post-Civil War era, in America, predominantly homebound. And yet she found a way to write lyrics like songs, uh, lyrics to songs like Hold the God's Unchanging Hand. Time is filled with swift transition, and not of earth unmoved can stand. Build your hopes on things eternal, and hold to God's unchanging hand. That's just verse one of this song. I would like to take one line from there. Build your hopes on things eternal. And I think that's very much in line with what Paul was talking about in Philippians chapter four. And I encourage you to listen to this song that we've got posted on our website in our playlist today. And when you hear that line, build your hopes on things eternal. Mentally, I also want you to think of the idea of fix your thoughts on things eternal and see if you can make that adjustment this week. In addition to playlists, I encourage you to read to your kids. Find positive, encouraging stories. Listen to audiobooks. There's lots of free services available out there where you can find many different audiobooks that you can listen to. Find ways to listen and fill your mind with productive and healthy and encouraging information. And then finally, this is what I'm most excited about, my last point tonight. So just a quick recap. Number one, read scripture every day. Number two, you need to adjust your thinking. Number three, reach out and call someone. Number four, stop watching the news. Number five, find some encouraging playlists to listen to. And then number six, and here's my final point tonight, you need to continue to connect with your small groups. And that's why I'm excited to announce that starting this week, we're going to be doing something new with our small groups. We're calling it Small Group Connect. And every single small group at Newark United Pentecostal Church is going to meet every week during this crisis. If you normally meet on a Tuesday, you will still meet on a Tuesday. If you normally meet on a Thursday, you will still meet on a Thursday. Every small group is going to meet every week. It will be for one hour. It will be in an online format. When you join, it will be by a teleconference system, and you can go to our website where I'm going to be posting more information. So you can join by video, or you can simply call in if you don't have the technology to do that. And you will still be able to connect with your small group, talk to each other, pray for each other, check on each other's needs, and this is where it will be different from our normal small group setup. It's not going to be a Bible study. It's going to be a family discussion time. We're going to post discussion questions that are meant to be lighthearted and funny, that are meant to just keep people engaging with each other. If you belong to Newark United Pentecostal Church and you are not in a small group, you need to go to our church website, newarkupc.info. You need to click on the small group card and you need to fill it out so that way I can slot you into one of our small groups that's meeting every week. Now is an excellent time. You don't have to drive anywhere. You can just dial in in the evening and you can connect to a small group once a week, talk to your fellow brothers and sisters, pray with each other and encourage each other. So I strongly encourage all of you to find more information on that. If you'll go to newarkupc.info, you'll find a new card there that says Small Group Connect, and it will have instructions on our video platform that we're going to use, and it will have the schedule of when each small group is going to meet. You will still meet on Tuesdays or Thursdays, whatever your regular day is, but the time when your group may have changed. So go to our website to get more information. All right. 
Those are my thoughts this week on how we can fix our thoughts on things that are eternal, things that are lovely and pure. Let's close with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you that long ago, in your word, you encouraged the Apostle Paul to write from a place of imprisonment, a place himself that was down, a place that would very easily be uncomfortable and discouraging. And yet he wrote a letter to a church reminding them that they were to fix their thoughts on things that were lovely and pure and encouraging. And so this week, as we go about our business, help us, Jesus, to turn our thoughts to you. Help us to build our hopes on things that are eternal. Help us to fix our thinking so that way we can continue to be an encouragement and a blessing to those around us. And we thank you for this instruction you've given us. We thank you for your spirit and presence and your encouragement that you continue to provide for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Newark family, I hope you have a wonderful and a blessed week. And I look forward to seeing all of you in the various small groups this week as we start our new Small Group Connects. God bless you and have a good evening.